0: Welcome to The Divorced Woman's Guide, the podcast that empowers you to embrace your divorce as a catalyst for awakening and transformation. Are you ready to embark on a remarkable journey of self discovery and growth? Well join me as we navigate the path towards embodying your true self after divorce. It's time to let go of your past, reclaim your power and step into a life that is brimming with purpose, authenticity and unwavering faith. Get ready to rise above the challenges, embrace the opportunities and awaken the extraordinary potential that lies within you. I'm your host, Wendy Sterling, and together we're going to uncover the profound gift and beauty. As well as the infinite possibilities that come with embracing your divorce as an awakening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you all doing today? It is Wendy, your very own Divorced Woman's Guide, and I am coming to you today with another episode. So don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of them because I release a new one every single week. And if you're not a member of my Facebook group yet, you are missing out and you should join. So go to Facebook and type in Divorce Rehab with Wendy and be a part of my community. It's an amazing place of support. So for today's episode, I am excited to be joined by my friend, Kaylee Boisvert. Hello, Kaylee. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my goodness. It is a treat, you guys. Uh, Kaylee and I have known each other for, I want to say, a couple of years now, and we connected through social media, right? Yep. And so Kaylee has always been an amazing example and resource for women who are going through a stage of their life where they feel out of control of their finances. And Kaylee knows firsthand how to feel like you are back in control. And you guys, I think, are going to really relate to her story. So she and I are going to not only have a conversation about how it is that she can help you guys feel more in control of your finances post-divorce. But she also just released a book, which I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited for you. And her book is called Make Money Your Thing. Um, And just, you know, again, we'll have a link to purchase the book in the show notes. But I wanna share a little bit more with you guys about Kaylee. So Kaylee has been in the financial industry for over 15 years, but her love of money, started at a very young age. She grew up in a single-parent household, and she watched her mom struggle with finances, and she wished that there was something that she could do to help. She also realized that she needed to find her own way to save and earn if she wasn't going to allow her circumstances to define her. How many of you can relate to that? And so her own journey into financial literacy and wealth management began, Kaylee chose to become a financial advisor to empower and support people to put an end to their money-related stress. And to further her effort, efforts supporting financial literacy, Kaylee has two books. Two books, girl. I don't know how you have the time. Um, being released in 2023, and one of them is actually a children's picture book called Money Wise. Mabel's Bursting Bank, and a nonfiction book that I just showed you guys, Make Money Your Thing, which aims to build confidence and empower people in their financial lives. Woo, Kaylee, I know so many people tuning in today are going to be taking copious notes (laughs) and hanging on every word that you're going to be saying today, because I know that I do every time we get into a conversation about this. So I know that your bio shared a little bit about your journey and um, if you would go a little bit deeper um, and share with our audience today, you know, really what was that motivation for you and sort of walk us through your story and your evolution to go from where you were to, you know, a mom of a single mom of two with her own business and, and thriving. Yeah, I like that. Like you said, evolution. I'm like, because there is so many, there are like these stages and you're
1: like, how did they all connect? But they did lead me to where I am today. So like you said, um, in the bio, I grew up um, with a single mom and she worked so hard, but money was still just a real source of stress and struggle but I was also like a very observant introvert. And I would look around and notice that that didn't seem to be the case for everyone. So I would notice like my friends or the other kids would have the things that I really wanted to have. But again, my mom couldn't afford it, but these families did and these children did. So I was like, huh, like there's something to this, I realized. And for me, it was like, I could figure this whole money thing out. And if I could figure it out, then I could master it and and I could have the things I want. And, you know, what was helped as well with that is I remember one time like pestering my mom over and over again for a Super Nintendo. I was probably like eight or nine. And she usually, of course, her response was like, we can't afford that. No, I'm not getting that. But this time she said something different. I think she got annoyed. So she was like, fine, you can have one, but you have to buy it yourself. And that to me was like this like aha moment. Because as a kid, you know, not hearing a no is a yes. <laughs> so then I was like, "That's a yes." It's like I can have a Super Nintendo. I just have to figure out how to get it. And and so I'm like, "Easy peasy." Like that just you know, again, it was like yes. You know the and then my mind opened up to this full possibility of like, okay, I'm not necessarily limited by this circumstance. And I remember saving up so diligently. I think it took me close to a year. But I did it. Like I managed to save up and it was like over a hundred dollars at the time. And again, for a young child who I didn't have like much earning potential and things like that. So I worked really hard at it to get that. And I remember buying it myself, like walking into the store, paying with my own money. And the feeling I got was like, I can't even describe it. It's just like I can do anything feeling. And I remembered it forever. And it stuck with me every time I had like a new goal. It was like, okay, well, I did that. So I can do this too. And so it was like, then I saved up and I bought a dog. And then when I was 16, I saved up and bought a car. And then I saved up and paid for my way through university. So it was like, that one start was just like, okay, I can do this. And I did it. And again, that feeling of empowerment when you do do it yourself. And so To me, that was so amazing. And what I realized kind of then fast forward to my career journey is like, I wanted to share that with other women, like going into the finance industry, landing the finance industry. First, what I realized it was very male dominant, very male focused. And I'm like, well, this isn't right. Because again, I saw my mom really struggle with finances. And now I was in a position where I was like, okay, I can help women. I can support women when it comes to finances. But the industry is telling me, well, women aren't really interested And I'm like, that can't be true. And, you know, I did a little bit more digging myself and I started hosting events for just women in my office. And women showed up and the crowds just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then I realized women are very interested. Women do want to talk about money. You know, this is happening. Women are getting engaged, women are getting involved, they want to know more. And, and yeah, so it just kept kind of like, like you said, evolution, like spiraling from that. So then I'm like, okay, I love doing this. I love sharing this messaging. Now, what else can I do to reach even more women? And that's where I got the idea for the book. And so I wrote this book, Make Money Your Thing. And it's essentially in one book, like all the things I'd want women to know about money and finances as well. So that's been my kind of journey in evolution is starting out not having much, realizing that I was still able to, achieve the goals I wanted to, even in that circumstance, and then wanting to share that with women and getting to
0: now share that with women. Yeah, I love that. And I can even feel like your shift in, in power, right? Like it's almost like your mom handed the torch to you of, of standing in the power of creating whatever it is that you wanted, not that you ne- necessarily needed the permission. like I, it's like the word that came to mind for me, for you was like, wow, what an empowering moment. And it was like, it just kept empowering you to like reach your next level and your next level. And I talk a lot about this, you know, not just in my podcast, but in a lot of my content about it's, you know, transformation is something that's always happening. And we're always up leveling and up leveling. You get to that next ceiling and you break through to the next. And and that's what I heard you really Um, striving towards and God, what control you get to feel, right? I think we spend so much time worrying about all the things that are out of our control, right? And so many of us keep an arm's length to money. I know that I, I mean, you know, a lot of my story, but like I did that. I was so afraid. I was like, oh, God, like it was like, you know, covering my eyes, but like being able to see a little bit out of them when it came to money. And so I know that you have, um, you know, I know that you have a lot of amazing information in your book, which everybody should go buy um, because there's so much wisdom in it obviously we have 30 minutes. So, um, can you share with our audience? I mean, what is one, like, what is one of the most common fears or, um, you know, stories that you hear clients come to you with that you're able to really shift their perspective very much like kind of how your mom did for you? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: Um, I think it is to do with that money mindset piece. Like I have, the book starts with part one is doing the inner work. So the book takes you on a journey of building confidence around money and finances. But the first part, which I think is foundational and I think everyone needs, is that inner work, working on your money mindset, your money beliefs. Because I think that's the foundation that forms it all. And if we don't get that right, the rest is not going to work out. You won't even want to read the rest of the book, right? You're like, well, I can't. How am I going to make money? My thing, you know, I'm scared of money, or it never works out, or da da da. You're not going to read the book. Like you're just going to be like, this is garbage. <laughs> so it's you have to do that inner work, like you said. You had a relationship with it at one time where it was you wanted it, you know, far away. You wanted there's the fear, and and that's such a common theme. With everyone, especially women, myself included, like my story, great. Yes, I had that evolution and it all sounds great. And you're probably thinking, wow, money must just be flowing in. I had to do a lot of inner work growing up with that like mentality, almost like scarcity, we never have enough. That stuck with me through a long, like my whole journey where I would get to points in my career and it just felt like I couldn't make more money and I had to do inner work. So, That's been like a constant for me too, the inner work, the mindset piece. And it's so powerful. And so I take the reader through that in the book. And what I can say to people listening as like how you can do this practice is write down some of the things you think about money right now, whatever they are, good or bad, or let's not attach any emotion or feeling to them. But what do you believe about money um I've heard people say things like money is evil money is the root of all evil like write that stuff down and um for me it was like I can never have like I can never keep money or it's like money kind of just goes as quick as it comes or um you know it's it's dangerous or I can't I I'm not deserving of having an abundance so write whatever comes to mind Um, at all. And maybe do this in over a few days or weeks, because maybe more things will come up. But I would urge everyone to write it down. And again, there's so much power in physically writing things down. And then look at those statements and decide, like when you actually read them out loud, you'll realize often how like silly they sound. (laughs) Because most of the time you're like, that's not true, right? Money's the root of all evil. That's not true at all. Like that's just something we've decided or, or based on maybe one person being greedy or rude or something, you're like, oh, money makes people evil. Like it's not true. So when you read your statements, again, you'll realize that's not true. And also you'll probably realize I don't want like this isn't what I want to consciously choose. So then once you've kind of put them on paper in front of yourself, now you get to decide what do you want to consciously choose? And again, a lot of the ones we have already are based on like beliefs from our childhood and what we learned about money along the way. So they're oftentimes like not even yours. That's why that next part of it is like, now you get to write down, what do you want to choose to believe about money? Like, let's say this is a clean slate going forward. What is it you want to believe about money? That money's easy, that money flows to you, that your bank account is constantly increasing. Like write down the things that light you up about what you want that to look like going forward. And I think that is a very powerful exercise. I have it in my book, but I think anyone listening to this could get a lot out of that. So again, it's just, it's shifting that mindset. So when you're on the street and you see someone driving a fancy car, you're not like, oh, that person and you know, spending money on things like that and blah, blah, blah. If those are the thoughts, like now you're like, good for you. Like, obviously, you know, you have an abundance mindset and you you had a goal to get this fabulous car and you've done it. Like, have those, you know, that shift. And it it might be almost like every day at first, you feel like the old beliefs are coming up and you have to kind of keep them in check and and do go back to the what am I consciously choosing to believe? Yeah. Um, but it's so powerful. So if you can do that, that's when you'll notice the things start to fall into place. Like you'll you'll want to learn more about money. You'll want to pay attention to your money. You won't have that same level of fear when you shift the mindset. So yeah, I can't stress enough that people have to do that first step. And it's so neat and powerful what comes from it. Like my daughter the other day, we're at the mall she goes and she wants to buy um hand sanitizer. So I'm like, fine, I'll buy you hand sanitizer. <laughs> Does I feel like a wasteful purchase? So I'm like, okay, that's an interesting purchase. But so I buy her this hand or she, I give her the money. She gets to go buy it at the till and stuff. And then they give her the little bag with, and they put a coupon in it and she pulls it out and she's reading it. and she's like, yeah, oh, 20% off coupon. She was so excited. I've never seen anyone so excited for a coupon. And I'm like, okay, Ivy. And she's like, I mean, I could buy candles. I could buy the lotion. I can. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. and I'm just like pushing the stroller. We're heading out of the mall. And she's just like all in her glory of this coupon. Then she's like, oh, give me five bucks. She reaches down and finds five dollars on the ground. And I'm like, wow, like that just shows she was so like happy and positive and grateful. And then it's like more abundance, right? She was delivered that abundance. So shifting your mindset, like how often are we happy and grateful for the little things. And then what comes after that from that mindset change is, you know, you find money on the ground. It comes out of nowhere.
0: It does. I'm so like, I'm like bursting with like wanting to give you the biggest hug right now because, which I'm giving to you virtually, I don't think enough people talk about the importance of your mindset around money. And it's something that I love to talk about. And as you know, as a Theta Healer, like we all have money stories and I have worked with clients to shift their money story because I had a really powerful one. And my money story was actually that money is a weapon. And so I used money as a weapon in my divorce. I witnessed it growing up. I you know, didn't know that subconsciously that that's what I was doing. And the second that I shifted that story, everything like the floodgates of abundance and wealth just flew right in. And I don't think that it's talked about enough how the mindset piece is completely like step one before anything else, because if your mind isn't you know, comfortable, confident, you know, open to possibility, like, you know, it's not going to flow. And I've I've seen it time and time again. And you and I were just talking even before I hit record on this podcast that, you know, there's so many women, especially in my Facebook group, where whenever I ask questions about like, what is your biggest struggle? 90% of the answers are money related. And my first question is, well, what's your money story? What is your relationship to money? Because that is ultimately where it starts. And so I, I thank you so much, not even just for saying that, but also for writing about it, because that is the first place where we have the power to take control of our finances. So when when that step, then, you know, you're like, okay, I've got this. And again, the stories are going to keep creeping in and you get to keep reminding yourself, right? Like money is not the root of all evil. Money is not a weapon. Money is abundant. Then what does somebody do? Like, what is like, cause I know like when I had to start learning about money and my finances and my investments and these terms that I'm like, what the hell does this mean? Like, what is like, break it down in terms of like, where is a good place to start? And, like what can somebody do to alleviate the like the stress and the overwhelm i think if you know cuz i know that that was my experience around like how to really be smart with our money especially for those of us going through and on the other side of divorce yeah absolutely that's
1: so important and there's yeah, there's probably it is overwhelming and it is stressful. For so I mean acknowledge that be like it's okay. Hey, I'm feeling stressed about money. Guess what? The majority of the population is. Like I like to give myself pep talks like that to remind myself it's okay to feel like this. So you don't get all cuz when you don't it's almost like it becomes shame, right? That's why I called the subtitle of my book's like ditch the shame. Um because money becomes shame. And I'm like, that's so sad because that's, you know, internalizing money as like a quality about you. Oh, I don't have enough money or I'm not, you know, my bank account balances at this. Now I am not good enough. Now I am not, you know, succeeding in life or something. Like, that's awful that we link our self worth to money. So acknowledge that, hey, it's stressful. That's okay. And and you're amongst good company because guess what? A lot of people have a you know a lot of questions, a lot of unknowns with their money. It's it's a tough topic, and it's just it's part of life. And we have to acknowledge we're going to make money decisions on a, probably a daily basis as an adult. So the good thing about being a kid is you don't have to. Then you grow up, you do. Um, so I would say step one. Okay, we've done the inner work. We're feeling a little bit better now. It's about money awareness. So again, we've been kind of hiding, avoiding. We need to take a look at where we are right now so i walk the reader through this as well in the book it's again knowing your numbers so that exercise of um you know how much money is coming in every month what is going out approximately and where do you stand with your your net worth as it is today Um, so it's really taking an inventory of what you have so the different accounts the approximate balances in each like, so it, it's taking a look at things. So, again, so often we avoid, we hide from it, we don't pay attention. We need to pay attention. And it starts with knowing where we are. Because if you have goals of what you want to achieve and what you want to do, like maybe as I would love to have an early retirement, I'd love to travel the world for a year, whatever it is, fabulous. There's the goal. But to get to a destination, we have to know where we're at right now, right? Like, think GPS in your phone, first step. Like you can put in the destination, but it's going to see, it's going to need to know where you are right now. So that's the money awareness piece. You have to know where you stand right now. So you have to know your numbers. It will require just taking a bit of time, looking through, okay, you know, how many people say like, I have no idea how much money I spend. Great. Now let's figure it out. (laughs) So just look at a past month and go through line by line um, and treat it as an awareness exercise. You're just looking for awareness because you need to know where you stand. It's not a guilt exercise. It's not to make yourself feel like garbage. It is just, this is the first step into taking you towards your goals. So it's, it's knowing your numbers. So it's going through a budget. So the B word, No one no one loves a budget necessarily, but again, awareness tool of just saying, okay, what did I spend last month you know tallying it all up whether you use like a excel spreadsheet or maybe there's a budgeting app you use on your phone or um or you just write it down on a scrap of paper whatever works for you don't overthink it and then so that's understanding and answering the question how much am i spending you know where's all my money going and then the the net worth piece is taking an inventory of everything so again that's listing all your assets so all your accounts your you know your uh, like what you own, things like maybe your home or whatnot, how many much equity you have in your home, and then all your liabilities. And that's going to give you an inventory of your your net worth or um yeah, what we call a net worth statement, or I call it like a um like a financial inventory or, or whatever you want to call it essentially. But again, it's that awareness piece. So I think that is the next best step for people. There's so much power and knowing that, right, just understanding where you stand, and if you're thinking about divorce, going through divorce, you're going to need this information anyway. So that you've you've already done the work, then, or or you've sort of already done part of that work, if that's a process you're dealing with,
0: right? And then I would imagine that this is something that gets to become part of your routine, your monthly routine, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, whatever
1: works for you. I mean, we're busy, we have busy lives. So if it's like, if you're kind of a creature of habit, just looking back and seeing like a previous month, if it's a typical month of spending, that'll probably give you a good idea of what you spend on average per month. Um, and maybe that's good enough for a while. And then maybe big life changes happen and that's when you wanna relook in on it um, for your net worth, maybe looking on it at least annually just to like update your numbers. That's great. Like, I don't need you overdoing it. You don't need to check these numbers every day. And again, it's not... To stress you out at all, or go, oh, I thought it was more than that, or what, whatever it is. Again, it's just an awareness piece. It's just a tool, and it's empowering to know what you have. Um, it, it's just, again, it's taking charge, it's taking control, like you said. Um, so it's and and when you're thinking stress and overwhelm, just say, like, I'm going to do one thing. Like, if that's just what you get from this too, it's like, okay, I'm going to do one thing. Maybe that one thing is I'm going to schedule an hour next Sunday to look at what I spent last week or last month. That's it. Like just one thing you can do.
0: I love that. I'm all about the baby steps because I know that we put so much pressure on ourselves to like get to the big picture and, you know, do all of this and then you can celebrate. It's like, no, no, no. Like just breaking things down. And that's what I love about What it is and how you talk about this is that it is about the baby steps because the baby steps are what are gonna add up to much larger success. So yeah. So money mindset's been worked on. Yeah, have awareness of what's going on. So now what? So what if somebody is stressing about, you know, they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize I spend this much, or oh my God, I want to save for a vacation with my kids for next summer. What do they then do? They're like, okay, I know the lay of the land. So now what? Now comes like the fun part, like the action, right? Like this is the juiciness. Action
1: is what money and finance is all about, right? Like when we're hiding, when we're avoiding, the biggest problem with that is we're not doing things. We're not taking action. So you've done the mindset work, you know your numbers, and now it's, okay, what do I need to do? And we can do baby steps with action too. So maybe it's, Okay, I know I want to go on this trip with my family. So the action step, what's step one? Well, first I need to find out how much it costs. Okay, that's action step number one. Check, you've done it. What's the next step? Again, maybe it's breaking down. Okay, that's one year away. I need to save that much money. If it's um, I'm going to save money every month, then it's just divided by twelve, and then you see your number. That's what I need to put away every month to make this vacation dream a reality. Um, so it's really that easy. Like I think people overthink it way too much, but. The, it, it, the action is key. So it's, I kind of need you to almost like dive in sometimes for the action step. Um, we have to stop like procrastinating or pushing it off. And again, as women, I see women like sitting on like hordes of cash. That's like one of the biggest errors or mistakes I would say women make with money. It's like they have all this money and they're just sitting on a pile of cash and you're like, that's great. You have the cash. Fabulous. But now you have to get the money working for you. You want to get it like, hey, earning some interest, investing like some of it that's maybe towards your longer term goals, have it earning some sort of return. So the action step, it's gonna be different for everyone, but um, again, start small, do something, know that like each step is compounding in the right direction. Um, Oftentimes, if you can, here's a cheat to your action step, what can we automate, right? So I know I have to save, let's say, $500 a month towards my retirement savings goal. Um let me take the work out of that and I'll just automate it. So every month it's just pulled out of my account and it's put into my retirement savings account on a monthly basis on the 15th of the month it always happens. Just like clockwork so I don't have to worry about it. The action's happening but I've actually outsourced it and made it easier to do. So the action step is the next piece. Um, some of the action steps require you to do a bit of the work. Some you can automate and just get it going. But you have to do the things. If you're you're sitting, you're kind of in that, that freeze mode, we have to kind of work through, you know, where is that coming from? But then you got to push yourself forward to taking the step. And maybe it's one step at a time. Maybe I'm saying, oh, you need to invest your money. And now you're frightened again. And you're like, cheaper. like, first I'm talking about money, then I'm realizing how much money I have. Now you're wanting me to invest? Like, Hold on, Kaylee. So yes, I'm telling you to invest, but maybe start small then. Like put $100 into an investment and that be your starting point. Whatever it is, again, just do the things. We have to do the things. As women, I don't know what it is. Like we have some sort of imposter syndrome or something where we just decide, I don't know enough. I can't do this. and And we hold off so long. And I have a whole chapter about this in the book about investing and procrastinating and what that leads to and i was guilty of it myself but i'm asking women you're going to have to sort of trust and dive in a little bit here when it comes to investing
0: yeah and i can't stress enough how important it is even if you have 10 dollars a month to put away to invest or put it in an account where after your first year of saving you you start investing it in. i mean that was probably one of the biggest aha moments that i personally had um you know and and i'll remind My listeners, like I realized I was in debt, didn't know that when I was married. I didn't know what my ex husband had been up to or doing. And shame on me. It will never happen again. I will never turn a blind eye to anything ever again. And yeah, there were some months where I was like, God, I don't want to look at this, but I know that I have to. And there were other months where I would like, okay, well, I need to like cut back a little bit here this month so that I have you know this to be able to put away and and I love the automation uh, piece that you talked about too because that's also what I do right so it's like I already know that there's a certain amount of money coming out of my big account going into my investment account that that money is being invested every single month because what I've come to learn from my divorce is that your money gets to work for you. You shouldn't be the one like slaving away all the time. Like your money gets to work on your behalf where you're not having to do anything. You're you're investing it for that future self. And, you know, one of the things that I love doing when I work with clients is unless you have a vision of the life that you want to create, it's really hard to even be motivated to want to save money or, you know, it's because then you're just it, it's like you're in survival mode, right? Versus when you have this vision of, you know, whether that's wanting to take a vacation, whether it's, um, you know, wanting to retire when you're a certain age or, I don't know, like, you know, whatever your passion is that you're saving for, it it is so much more motivating to, you know, to know that that's a possibility and to set yourself up. I always talk about that it's so important to take action from that future vision, right? To take action from that future version of yourself today, because if you don't, then you're going to stay in the scarcity um, place. So I know that you've shared so much information so So abundant um, and rich with goodness. But what are some other money dues that uh, money dues, D-O apostrophe S, ladies and gentlemen listening, Um, but what are some other money dues that uh, maybe, you know, some of our listeners aren't thinking about that, that you can um, recommend? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like, I think, again, if you're struggling with the mindset stuff, maybe it's just like writing down like a daily affirmation or something you're grateful for to kind of just push you into more of a like openness of like, okay, you know, I see the good and I feel good. So that's like one little step, right? A a daily affirmation. You can just Google like, what's a good money affirmation or something like that. I love that one. You recommended a book to to me a while back and it over and over, it repeats like an affirmation in that book. So I'm like, it's so powerful. Um, Again, it's just that messaging we tell ourselves. So that's a good one that you can do and incorporate easily into daily life. Um, spend time like thinking about your goals. It's fun, right? Like, again, life has full of responsibilities and all this stuff. But when you get to spend time like journaling and and dreaming about this is where I want to be and what I want to be doing and really see yourself in those moments, it's fun because some of the long term goals, they're going to take a lot of time And so if you just like kind of sit around, you know, waiting, you're like, I'm gonna be happy when I, you know, get that that retirement plan I have in mind. It's, you know, so you have to do stuff along the way, whether it's again, writing down the goals, dreaming about it, seeing yourself in it, um, giving your like celebrating your successes. Like, let's be honest, there is a lot of money decisions we have to make and and it's giving up one thing for another oftentimes. So take time to like celebrate those moments, like go out for dinner with your girlfriend or, you know, have a glass of wine or give yourself extra dessert, whatever reward is for you, do it. Because, you know, when you are succeeding, you're taking the steps you deserve to like the pat on the back. Don't just think like, oh, you know, I'm expected to do this. And and this is like the, you know, a standard, like whatever, like this is no, you're doing good and you're succeeding in the money game. So do it. Um, be open to learning. So just on the go, maybe it is listening to a podcast like this, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm learning some tips. Great. You can, maybe you um, subscribe to a newsletter, um, you know, read an article about money once a week or something like that. It's, it's compounding knowledge, right? Don't, don't take it like where it's all coming at you at once and you feel overwhelmed, just like little bits, you're going to find are slowly accumulating. And you just all of a sudden are like, oh, I remember hearing that. Or I know, you know, I know what that means. So it's just like, again, those baby steps, Um, you know, commit after you're hearing this podcast to one thing that you want to do or find out about. So a lot of people, I ask them questions like, oh, what is your interest rate on your credit or your um, or on your debt, or how much do you have owing on your house or things like that? And they're just like, I don't know. So it's like, okay, maybe there's a question or a an, an, an thing you want to find out the answer to. So go do that. Do that one thing. I'm going to find out the answer to one thing I don't know about my finances that I probably should know. Um, those are really good things. Um, yeah, just like little things like that are going to make such a big
0: difference. And um, oh, so- another thing, can... Oh, go ahead. Because oh, like, all this sounds like it's confidence building, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just little things you
1: do and you're like, oh, I feel better. Because that's the biggest thing is money is stressful. How can we make it less stressful? How can we change that around to say, no, money doesn't have to be stressful. Like we can work with the situations we have. I don't like the book was never meant to be this. Like this is how you become a multi-billionaire and things like that. Like that is going to cause more
0: stress for you. It's too <laughs> It's your, it's going to cause more shame, right? Like, yeah. oh, that's never going to be me. No, it's acknowledging like, hey, I'm doing
1: good and I'm okay and this is what I want. And it's maybe not the same as that person over there and that is okay. So I don't know where this fits into the steps or whatnot, but it's another thing I stress is about just um, acknowledging your money uniqueness. So being you and being okay with being you because so much of what we're doing with money and what we're buying and what we're spending it on has to do with almost like keeping up with the Joneses or saying like, oh, I'm this age, I'm supposed to be married, have a house, have a SUV, have a boat, have a, I don't even know. Like you can, you have an endless list of things you need to have. And then you find yourself realizing, I don't even want that. Maybe you're more of a minimalist. Maybe you like to go camping instead of going on like a glamorous beach vacation. Maybe you want to rent Versus own because you like the flexibility of it. Like acknowledge that you are going to be different and that is okay and be okay with that. And you're going to have to block out the noise because when you're scrolling social media, it's probably the worst thing you can do if you're, if you're sort of having some feelings about money that aren't necessarily in the positive direction. Or even if you are, you're feeling great. You're like, yeah, I'm doing the thing. And then you're scrolling. You're like, oh, but I don't have what that person has. And Oh, their car is nicer than mine. And, and and then a Mercedes drives by and all that. And you're like, well, oh, you're like right back down to feeling horrible. You have to just really embrace of like, hey, this is what I want. This is what brings me joy. And that's OK. And, and that's what we need to say is OK and be OK with. And and kind of, again, put the blinders on, focus on you, focus on what you want to achieve, because it's not the same as everyone else. So embrace that uniqueness.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, I talk about this whole like Facebook facade, right? And yeah. you guys, people post what they want you to think. So you could go on there and stand in front of a fancy car and have someone take a picture of you and you pretend, you know, it's like, and you put that reality out to the world or maybe people, you see people on this like fancy vacation. Well, maybe their parents paid for it. You have no idea, but we start making up all these stories within our head. And, and I used to do that. Like I used to want people to think my life looked a certain way until it was just like a complete sham. And and you know, here we go. I'm divorced and now what? Right. But what I love that you just said that I really want our listeners to to pay attention to is instead of focusing on the things you don't have, focus on what it is that you do and make that money work for you. Like Just because you're not there today doesn't mean that you can't be there in a year. It doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be there in two years. It is a goal that you get to set for yourself. It is motivation. You know, this past weekend, I was very fortunate and was invited to my best friend. And they bought an investment property um, in Utah. And she invited us because the house was done and it's an investment and they're going to Airbnb it, this whole thing. And I could have gone and been like super jealous that like, well, I can't do that right now, or why didn't she ask me to like want to do this with her? And instead I was like, oh my God, I'm so lucky that I have somebody in my life. Realization number one, right? I'm so lucky that I have my best friend who loves me and my family so much that she invited us to go, you know, stay at their house, right? To go be there for free. And secondarily, I was like, you know, this is a really smart idea. And I literally came back and called my financial advisor yesterday. And I was like, I really want to do this. So what do we have to do? Right. So use it as a, like use it as inspiration, use it as motivation for you instead of, you know, focusing on, well, I don't have that right now. It's like, well, but wait a second, I get to have that too. So what steps do I have to take now, right, that will enable me to get to, to have my investment property right down the road, or maybe it's wanting to buy a bigger house, or maybe it's wanting, you know, like you said, buying a boat or getting a fancier car or whatever, you know, whatever it is, right? Like you get to empower yourself with the information to achieve any and all money goals that you set for yourself. So Kaylee, as we wrap, I, I, And so I mean, we could have like five other episodes about so many other topics that you talk about in your book, but leave our audience with one last uh, piece of wisdom on how it is that they can make money their thing. Yes.
1: So again, step one, just don't say things like I'm not good with money. I'm bad with math. Like erase those from your vocabulary. Just do that. And that let that be the thing. So money is your thing. Just because it is. And I've now given you the role of like, or decision that like, hey, it's your thing. No more. I'm not good with math. Um, yeah, that and it's as simple as that. Like, let's at least just ditch the negative phrases that are like disparaging and aren't the truth and aren't setting us up for success. Let's just, just decide, hey, I'm good with money and I'm learning about money and I'm gonna like be a CEO of my
0: finances and I got this. I love it. Oh my gosh, Kaylee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And you guys go buy this book. It is on Amazon. You can also find the link in the show notes. And Kaylee, where else can people find you and how can they interact with you and also follow you on social? Yeah. So my website is just
1: kayleeboisvert.com. You can reach out to me on there. Um, I'm on Instagram, kayleeboisvert.com. Same thing. Reach out to me on there at any time. Any if you have like questions or you want to share stories, I'd love hearing from people about anything to do with money. So do reach out anytime. I love chatting about this stuff.
0: Yeah, and just to spell your name for everybody listening, it's K A L E E is Kaylee and Vert is B O I S V E R T. Kaylee. Thank you again for being here today. You know how much I adore you. And I love follow you guys, follow her because it's just she's got such great wisdom that she shares um, across all of her social media. And her book is a must read for everybody who is in that place of like, oh God, what do I do now? Or wanting to feel empowered and coming from somebody who has really, I mean, since you were a little girl, you have grown up really empowering yourself um with knowledge and really creating a beautiful amazing life for yourself so thank you for being here thank you thank you
1: so much for having me thank you so much for everyone listening money is like a really vulnerable topic so listening into this episode thank you everyone
0: <laughs> you uh, so it's so true it really is it's it's all you know it's like walking into a room naked and you're just like everybody's staring at me right but it doesn't have to be that way so Thank you, my dear. Well, everybody, I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. As you know, with every single show, I am here to provide you guys with at least one nugget of information to help you navigate your path wherever it is that you guys are. And I don't know about you, but there were a t- there were tons of nuggets dropped today. So much wisdom. You're going to want to go back and I'm sure listen to this. Episode again. um, I find that, you know, even just going back and re listening, which I do do because I learn a lot from my guests, um, I pick up on new and different things that I may not have necessarily heard the first time. So, thank you guys so much for tuning into today. And in case you guys have forgotten, um, I do also offer support calls. So if you guys are interested and you're just wondering kind of where do I go from here, or maybe you just are unsure of what your path is going to look like, please do not hesitate to schedule a complimentary call with me. You can go to contactwendy.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. Sending you all so much love, light, and joy as always. Mwah. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Women's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. That is how I'm able to reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support that they need to create their next best life. And I would love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, the Divorce Rehab with Wendy and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.